Super Bowl 58 was a dream scenario for a talk show host. <laughs> so on we go. After uh, the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News. And Vinny, as always, thanks for uh, joining us, especially today after, uh, I'm sure, a busy night for you, uh, probably a busy week or two for you. Uh, so thanks for joining us. After taking a breath after last night's game ended, other than Patrick Mahomes, who I promise I will get to here soon, uh, what most stood out to you after that uh, contest last night? Well, I think Andy Reid. I think he was in control of the game all along. I think you also reminded how much of leaders Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey and even Harrison Butker making the big field goals. These guys have been on board with all three Super Bowl titles so far as uh, the core players. You look at offense, defense, special teams. You saw Chris Jones firing up his teammates uh, when they were struggling a little bit defensively. Uh, Travis Kelsey, we'll find out more about that maybe this week, uh, getting in the face of Andy Reid, but more fired up about the frustrations <laughs> that the offense was having early with Isaiah Pacheco's fumble. So I think the Chiefs maybe respond to adversity better than any team I've really seen. I mean, they almost prefer, I think, I don't, I don't know if I want to say that, but they want to have 10-point holes in Super Bowl. I mean, they <laughs> just have an uncanny ability to come back. Maybe it's because they know what they have to do, and it just gets everyone fired up, and everyone just gets focused and on the same page. But that comes back to Andy Reid. He has them well-prepared. He schemes them perfectly. They have a great situational awareness as a team. They just go through everything that can possibly happen in a game, and they're just prepared and uh, the, you see that on the field. I think the 49ers, I think that was the one element you would say that was missing. I think everything else was there. They played as well as they could. They faced a tough Chiefs defense. Christian McCaffrey played well. Their defense played as well as expected and held up as much as it could for essentially five quarters against Patrick Mahomes. But you got to finish, and these close games maybe come down to a few decisions and a few pieces of execution that right now, if Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were those guys that you trusted most, then I think you would say it's Mahomes and Reed now. Okay, I'll get to the 49ers side of things in a few minutes here. Uh, Dynasty is, I think, a tricky word when talking sports, uh, but three Super Bowl championships in five seasons. Uh, does that qualify for a sports dynasty in your mind? Yeah, it's funny whenever the word dynasty comes up because uh, it goes back to uh, – Chinese emperors, and some of them are around for 30, 40 years. So it always <laughs> it gets me kind of uh, interested in that. But, yeah, I mean, dynasty to me is just now I think we say if you can win three, I think that's a dynasty. I think two is special, and those uh, teams that have won two definitely belong in a special place. But we know, like the Cowboys, getting the two and then getting the third, that put them over the top of the dynasty. Joe Montana winning the uh, the three Super Bowls that made that 49ers team a dynasty at that time. And so that's how we look at it. I guess it's a rough calculation of three, but I think you can carry that to the Golden State Warriors and some other teams, the Lakers that we had with Kobe and Shaq, and then, of course, uh, Michael Jordan's Bulls. So I think you know it when you see it. It's not necessarily a classic defined word where you say, okay, this team is a dynasty, but you know when a team – it feels unbeatable, and they're racking up championships. Okay, that is what I can point to a dynasty. So if they have the, if it feels like it, 
and it just has that vibe, then you have to go with it. So, on to number 15 we go. What about Mahomes most impresses you? I think, again, I, he doesn't care if they're behind. He doesn't care who's out there with him. He doesn't care if they've just made mistakes, right? Pacheco fumbled early in the game. Marcus Valdez-Scantling ran backward on a play that was an easy, positive game. <laughs> and he just went back to him on the very next play, and he handed Pacheco right. the ball in the red zone. And, and Travis Kelsey wasn't open, but they manufactured a way to get him open in the second half. And he ends up with a game where you would have not figured that he was a non-factor in the first half. So he just gets it done to whoever it needs to be done with. So that's what impresses me, that he's going to find a way – he knows that he's going to have the schematic support, and he just has to execute, and his guys have to help him a little bit. And if all that happens, he's pretty confident he's going to win. So I think that was the biggest shock to me is of the Kyle Shanahan decision. I would never, regardless of any other game strategy, never decide to give Patrick Mahomes the ball last in a game-tying or game-winning situation. I don't know if he had learned that from regulation, but I think there were many cases. If they came back four times in a game – they were bound to do it again because Mahomes is always ready to answer. To me, the Chiefs actually won the championship this season because of their defense. Steve Spagnolo has won four Super Bowls now as a you know a D coordinator. What most stands out about Spags and can can we get like a Hall of Fame wing for him? Yeah, maybe there'll be a coordinator's wing that develops, but yeah, definitely if you're gonna say the coordinator that has been big in the Super Bowl, I mean, how can you say this guy isn't? I mean, going back to his Giants days and thwarting the undefeated offensive juggernaut of the Patriots in, in the biggest upset in the Super Bowl. So, look, what the Chiefs do as an organization is realize Patrick Mahomes can make it work with lesser wide receivers. We didn't need to invest in Tyreek Hill. Okay, we keep Travis Kelsey. We pay Patrick Mahomes. We can reshuffle our offensive linemen. We can let them go. We can switch up guard. We can switch up tackle. What does that do? It frees up money to keep a guy like Chris Jones around. It frees up flexibility to go after players. It frees up draft resources, right? I mean, you look at the way they've got Legereus Snee and Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, their linebackers, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. It's all because they could focus on just getting all these key defensive players young. So this is yet another Mahomes effect that we're seeing is that they can keep a Jones over a hill, and that's more important. Or maybe keep – Sneed and Jones intact if uh, Mahomes wants to restructure his deal and and say, look, I don't need some of these wide receivers that can free up some cap room for me. So, yeah, yet another sneaky effect of Mahomes that, okay, we're going to build a defense. What do you want to do? If you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, teams are going to have to throw and keep up with you and are going to be intimidated. Go build a defense that can rush the passer and cover it at an extremely high level. And the Chiefs, I think, hit their peak with that under Spagnuolo this season. Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News, currently in the Sports Zone. Uh, you mentioned Shanahan and the decision at the you know to uh, you know basically take the ball there. Uh, why is Shanahan now zero and three in Super Bowls as a head coach and defense? Excuse me, offensive coordinator. Well, I don't think he's the best situational coach. I think he's a brilliant offensive schemer, and we've seen that. But when things start to get taken away, and there were some things taken away, right? George Kittle downfield stretching the steam was not there. You didn't even have the big plays, right, to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. The field stretching ability wasn't there. I mean, the longest completion 
was a 24-yard short pass to Christian McCaffrey in the overtime. So you knew they were not going to stretch the field here. Now, I think Brock Purdy and the offense did a great job to adjust to that, realizing we had to go shorter passes, we had to feed McCaffrey and make him the centerpiece of the game. So all that with the offensive game plan was solid, sound, and the way they had to approach it against the Chiefs' defense. But situationally, I think if you watched the game with Tony Romo just saying things like, okay, they're going to blitz them now because they want them to get off the field quickly, whether with a touchdown or just get Purdy, they're going to win in some way and get the ball to Patrick Mahomes. Well, in that case, like where's your screen pass or something like that to anticipate that? I think the Chiefs are a little bit just ahead of everyone else with their coaching. And I don't think it's just a Kyle Shanahan thing, but I think now you've seen Shanahan run into – Belichick and Brady and Mahomes and Reed, maybe that's the key is not facing one of those teams in a Super Bowl, and then maybe Kyle Shannon will get his ring. Yeah, breaking news here. Those guys aren't leaving anytime soon, however. So there you go. Uh, Brock Purdy, you mentioned, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, how would you evaluate his performance last night? I think under the circumstances as best as he possibly could have played. Now, he did miss a few throws, but Mahomes. I mean, he had an interception, and there's that. But, look, you knew they were going to lean on the running game. That was the best course of action that the 49ers possibly could have taken. It's feeding McCaffrey a lot. That's the weakness of the Chiefs' defense. You don't throw into the strength of the Chiefs' defense and have Purdy hold the ball long looking for the big plays downfield because he's going to get sacked, pressured into turnovers. So, I think, again, he played as well as needed to win the game within the game plan. Now, again, missing a few red zone opportunities. But keep in mind, the Chiefs missed all those as well as they were trying to answer Purdy until the overtime drive. So uh, I, I think it was a draw for four quarters, so that was great. But in the end, I guess Mahomes just had one more opportunity and one better positioned drive to win it. And that's basically the difference in the game. 49ers did lose two defensive starters in this game. Drake Greenlaw, obviously, with Achilles injury in the second quarter. Jair Brown, starting safety, went down the next-to-last play in regulation time. How much do you think that their absence uh, absences uh, played a role in the rest of the game for them? Yeah, I think Drake Greenlaw a little bit because of his coverage ability and maybe handling some of the short passes they had and but I would say, look, they were still in good shape with uh, Fred Warner and some other guys that were there. It's just the Chiefs had designed these plays where there was a lot of misdirection, and they got 49ers defenders fooled, even the elite guys on the field. So I don't know how much of a difference Dre Greenlaw could have made in that. Now, I would say one player, if he had been in this game, and you mentioned Jair Brown, if that was Talanoa Fanga, they really missed him. <laughs> this guy was mm-hmm. a wrecking ball in last year's playoffs and just was all over the field making plays and he was the guy that maybe could intimidate some things in the middle of the field i mean clearly one of their best defensive players from last year and this year before he got hurt so that's a player again just watch out for him maybe making a big difference next year if he can go through the whole season healthy but yeah they did miss him i think not just in this game but in the playoffs as well there were some voids in the middle of the field that i think hufanga could have helped them solve and play a lot better there Let's look ahead a little bit uh, to the offseason here. You know, the Chiefs have some free agents, including Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. Um, 
if they can only take one of those guys and bring him back, only they only had they have a choice to bring one back, one of those, one of those two guys back. Which one would it be? Uh, you know, Jones or Snead to you? I think it has to be Chris Jones because he's not just the guy that's leading their pass rush from the inside, but he's their emotional leader. We saw it several times. He is very important to have as a leader on that defense. Now, Jerry Snead. Look, he made a mistake in the game where he, he hit Purdy when he shouldn't have, and it was just uh, in, in a bad spot. So when you look at that, look, Snead has been very good for them, and he's transitioned well from slot to outside, but they have Trent McDuffie. They have first-team All-Pro there that they're bringing along. So if they are confident that, look, we found McDuffie, we found Snead, we can find another guy like this for our defense that hits, fits our scheme, then, you got to say goodbye to Snead because I think he's a little bit more replaceable. We, I think Ben Jones at this point, uh, just emotionally and talent-wise, because you don't get many defensive tackles who disrupt the backfield and get to quarterbacks the way that Jones does. But corners like Snead, you can develop another guy. And the Chiefs have directly done that. So I think that's where they'll move on. I think some things you want to watch out for, Patrick Mahomes may be restructuring his contract. They can easily get out of MVS's deal and save $12 million toward the cap. Now, I think they're around $24 million under, so I think they can make it work with Jones. He'll probably get like $33 million a season. But then I think they're going to have to make some tough decisions, but I don't think it'll be too tough between Jones and Steve. Okay, the 49ers, uh, you know, what do they need to do in the offseason? And uh, if, you, know, you sound like you have a pretty good idea of the cap situation, which I'm terrible at. Uh, so help me out here. Yeah, they don't have a great cap situation, but they do, I believe, have 11 draft picks. And I think a lot of their work is going to be done to the draft. And the biggest thing that they need to do, if we look deep dive into the game last night, Trent Williams is great, but the rest of their offensive line needs some work, especially on the interior. So they got to rebuild guard quite a bit here in center, and they got to get that short up for Purdy in the running game. Now they're great in the running game because they're athletic, but they struggle a bit in pass protection, not just the guards, but the right tackle. So I think they'll be looking for right yeah. tackle some guards and some protection you've got to get that i think that'll be the priority and uh, they got to figure out what do they want to do with their wide receivers if they need to pay brandon Ayuk, they move on from debo samuel what do they do so they're gonna to have to make some decisions ahead of needing to pay brock purdy probably the market value in january 2025 okay um so what have i not asked here that i should have asked you or is there anything else you want to add <laughs> well i think Look, just Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be the obstacle for everyone. He's the new Tom Brady. Everyone has to get through him at some point if you're going to win a Super Bowl and break through. We saw a little bit with some other teams were getting their chances with Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Some of these the guys were able to break through and win a championship. But I think you'll still see that. But I think Mahomes, again, having three championships in six years, his body of work in the first six years of starter better than Brady. So, a lot of things we want to see going forward. Now, I, I think there's a great chance Mahomes can end up with as many rings. And based on the statistical performance, I think you'd say he's off to a much better start than Brady. I'd agree. No doubt. Okay, Vinny, great stuff as always. I really appreciate you doing the quick turnaround here. I'm sure you're, as I mentioned earlier, really, really busy. So thanks for taking time for us. Yep, no worries. Uh, have a good one. You too. We'll talk. I'm sure uh, at least once or twice during the off season, the next season for sure. Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News, read all his stuff. 